What's up, guys? Welcome back to another edition of One of One Sports and Cards. As always, I'm your host, Nathan Holloway, and with me is Jared Dresch. Yo, what's going on? First off, we just created an Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. They'll all be linked in this video. Go follow. Check them out. All of them. First off, we're going to talk about an amazing conference championship weekend in the NFL. First game we're going to start off with is the Bengals pulling a huge upset in Arrowhead over the Chiefs, 27-24. to Joe Burrow, 250 yards, two touchdowns, a pick. Joe Mixon, I said he needed to show up, unlike he did in their Week 17 game. He did, 88 yards. T. Higgins balled out, 103 yards. Mahomes, on the other hand, they blew a big second-half lead. He had 275 yards, three touchdowns, but of course the two picks, including the huge one in overtime. Travis Kelsey also added 95 yards and a touchdown. So the Chiefs, I mean, they were up 17 points, blew it. And of course, can't mention the Bengals without mentioning Evan McPherson. Their rookie kicker's been dominant all year. But for the Chiefs, you got to look and be like, how did we blow this game? I was so happy the Bengals won. That was my team. I didn't pick them because I didn't think this was going to happen. But I'm glad it did because I'm I'm going for Joe, man. This is his season. The dude is balling. Best I've ever seen him play since LSU probably. So the Chiefs shouldn't have lost this game. No, they shouldn't. They shouldn't have lost this game. I mean, Mahomes had a, a almost a perfect first half, and then in the second half he looks like he just forgot how to play the game of football. I don't know if the, the Bengals' defense – just decided to play better. I know the Bengals' offensive line played a lot better oh, yeah. this week. I, I mean, Bur- Burrow was under pressure a lot, but he was able to escape the pocket and I and actually be able to make plays instead of being on the ground. Yeah. I mean, that was a big help. It gave Joe a little bit more time to pass the ball. He didn't get sacked nine times. I mean, he did get sacked a couple, but that's going to happen. You know, everybody's going to get sacked. It's just going to happen. But, yeah. Bengals with a huge upset. I mean, who really saw this coming? I mean, it, it was also a big thing that they didn't just have to rely on Jamar Chase. T. Higgins yeah. was finally able to step up. Of course, uh, C.J. Uzama went down in the second quarter with a knee injury, which hurt them being their uh, big tight end weapon. But T. Higgins, he's, he's built like a tight end. I mean, the dude's tall, he's big, athletic, and he finally stepped up. For the Super Bowl, though, they need Tyler Boyd to step up. I think he, he only got two car- two catches for 19 yards in this game. Yeah, if they want to win the Super Bowl, they have to have everybody on. They can't have one play off. Jamal's going to have to come out and play. But he's going to have Jalen Ramsey on. Jaylen. Well, maybe. I know, I know Jalen Ramsey was on. They didn't really, they used him as a safety a lot. Didn't put him exactly on a guy man-to-man coverage. And I don't think that they can in this game because the Bengals have three top yeah. receivers. So, I mean, if you put you put him on Chase, that way he's Boyd and T. Higgins open because, honestly, the Rams secondary is basically Jalen Ramsey and then nobody else. Yeah, that's about it. But they have the way better defense, though. Yes. And probably offense. Mm, it's I don't close. know about that. So moving on, moving on to the Rams and talking about Jalen Ramsey's team, Rams able to pull off the upset, down 10, came back to beat the 49ers 20-17. to Stafford, 337 yards, two touchdowns, that one pick in the first quarter. Cooper Cup just went off yeah. again, 142 yards, two touchdowns. And Odell Beckham Jr. with a season high, 113 yards, the most, the first 100-yard game he's put up since 2019 with the Browns. 
And of course, on the other side, Jimmy Garoppolo, 232 yards, two touchdowns. He had a great first half. They were winning. And that second half decided to not play that well. Probably should have put in Trey Lance, but that that's not my decision. And then, of course, that just terrible interception at the end of the game. Yeah. When you're getting sacked. Don't throw the ball. Just just take the sack. You still have a down. Yeah. So I, I really don't know. He was trying to force it. Don't know what he was doing. But really, you can't blame Garoppolo in this game. He played, he played good. He played as well as I've seen him play. He showed up. But you have to look at, I mean, the, the 49ers are the best rushing team in the NFL, and the Rams held them to just 50 yards. Elijah Mitchell didn't get it going. Debo on the ground didn't get it going. He did get it going through the air, though, 72 yards and a touchdown. Yeah. So I knew the Rams were going to Los Angeles. I knew Los Angeles was going to win this, but I didn't think it was going to be this close. I thought it was not going to be a blowout, but I didn't think it was going to be three points. I thought it was going to be like maybe a touchdown. But, I mean, Jimmy showed up. And I was shocked because there was a lot of people down on Jimmy, which I could, I could see why. Jimmy hasn't been the best QB ever. But, you know, Debo gave it his all. That whole team gave it, it his It was all. sad seeing Debo after the game just crying on the sidelines. Yeah. I mean, he put that team on his back the whole year. And to just come up that short. Come up tough. basically, that interception is what ended it. I don't think they was going well, to. Well, another thing, not just that interception, but the missed interception yeah. by the 49ers. I mean, Stafford threw a terrible ball. It could have been a difference. And went straight in between the numbers, and he just missed it. That was a big point. That could have changed the whole outcome of the game, but it didn't. I mean, if, if he would have picked it, though, the 49ers would have had all the momentum. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, I don't know what Jimmy was thinking on that, on that uh, throw. Like, just take the sack. You still have it down. Yeah, you're like 25 yards out. But you never know. You have Debo. You have Wayne Ayuk, who I don't know. I didn't really see anything with him. Yeah, he, he had a few catches. But to take the sack, and if you're going to throw the ball, you launch that thing out of bounds. You don't just, you know, just get rid of it. Like, Throw it like a baby. He did. He went like two yards and it went right into the dude's hands. You can't do that. Not in a playoff game, especially not with under like three minutes left to go. I mean, you can't like, do that. like you said, you got to take the sack. I'd rather have a fourth and like 25 rather than being on the sideline knowing that I just lost the game. Yeah. For my team. And he knew it. He knew it. As soon as he made that pass, you could see his, you could see his face come out the field. He knew. He made a mistake. And it cost them the whole game. I think what happened was Jimmy was under pressure. He didn't know what to do. He was under the moment. And he's, his mind is saying, get rid of the ball. Don't get sacked this fall. And it didn't work out. And, of course, this could be his last game as a 49er. Yes. After the game, the GM went around, shook everybody's hands, all the players' hands in the locker room. But when he got to Jimmy, gave up, gave him a huge hug. And in the post-game press conference, Jimmy didn't really – Give a lot on his future. I don't believe he'll be there. No. I don't know why he'd be there when you traded up to take Trey Lance at three overall in last year's draft. But it'll be interesting to see where where Jimmy can go. I mean, he's he's a proven winner right now. He yeah. has one of the best win-loss percentages in NFL history. But He's just not electric, though. Yeah. He's not consistent with the pass. He's just he's always had good runners behind him and good. It'll also be interesting to see which team takes – Takes a huge risk and picks them up. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be a risk. You're going to either get good Garoppolo or you're going to get bad Garoppolo. I mean, he is a winner. There is no doubt in my mind he can win games. But it also depends what system he goes to. And who knows? Maybe he goes to a new system and he ends up being really good. 
Another thing though, he's got to he's got to limit the turnovers yeah. for one, and also the injuries. Yeah. He is very injury prone. So moving on, we're gonna preview Super Bowl Fifty Six. The Rams. This is their first appearance since 2019 when they lost to Tom Brady and the Patriots. They're seeking their first win in the Super Bowl since they were in St. Louis and defeated the Titans in 2000. The Bengals seeking their first ever Super Bowl win. This will be their first appearance since 1988-89 season. This is going to be a great game, I think. But it's also going to come down to if the offensive line can protect Joe. That's going to be the big part. And if they don't protect Joe, I don't see the Bengals winning. I don't. I want Joe to win. I really I want both QBs to win. I wish there was a way they could both win because I love Matthew Stafford. I love Joe Ball. But only one can win, and I do think it's going to be Stafford. But Stafford didn't look amazing to me in that in that championship game. No. He did not look amazing. He looked rushed, which I don't know how he was rushed with that team. Well, he also, when he – a lot of throws that I – I wasn't actually able to watch much of the game. I was at work. But from the throws that I saw – a lot of the times he was underthrowing receivers, overthrowing, which is overthrowing them. Not not like Matthew Stafford, no. especially with that receiving core. He's usually a great passer. That's why he's that's why he's best for. He doesn't have wheels. <laughs> I mean, I mean he he kind of showed it in the yeah. game yesterday. I mean, Joe's got wheels. Yeah, he can he can actually get out of the pocket and actually go for a couple yards. And that was a huge part of the win was getting out of there and high stepping it out of that defender and getting that force down to put him in a great position. I feel like this will be. One of the best Super Bowls in a while. I mean, the last few haven't been as good. Hopefully it's not a blowout like last year's. Yeah. That was tough to watch. But for the Bengals, their offensive line, I feel like if their offensive line can protect Joe, of course you're going to have Donald, Von Miller, Leonard Floyd, all of them coming after him. If they can protect him and if Joe's able to escape out of the pocket, able to get throws off, like I said earlier, I want to talk about Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey's the only one in that secondary that I'm that I'd be worried about. Other than that, I think they can torch that secondary. And I right now, I believe it's a, the Rams are a six and a half point favorite. I think it'll be closer than that. I do think it'll be close game. It's going to be a good game if Jalen Ramsey can only cover one person and they have three weapons they can go to. So he's going to have to choose. Basically perfect every time on which one, and if he makes the long choice, there's going to be a wide open guy, and that could hold him. I can see this being a very close game or a blowout game, to be honest. It's, this is not going to, I don't see this being, this is honestly one of the more underwhelming ones, in my opinion. For I don't want, there's no like, I mean, there's a lot of stars in this, but it's been a while since we haven't seen a Tom Brady or something like that in there. Yeah, I saw a stat today that it's been 19 years since a Super Bowl has not featured Tom Brady, Big Ben, or the 49ers. Yeah. Insane. Yeah. So is the times changing and we're starting to get new teams? I, I believe so. I mean, this young talent, I mean, for Joe Burrow, his third year in the league, he's he's the only quarterback that's led his team as a starter, as a starting quarterback, led his team to the Super Bowl in just his third year. And he has a chance, in, or in his second year, three years, in three years, Joe Burrow can go from winning the Heisman National Championship to tearing his ACL his rookie year. To winning a Super Bowl. Yeah. No player has ever won the Heisman, National Championship, and Super Bowl. And a lot of people are saying that this could be another Tom Brady because Tom Brady also won his first championship in his second year playing. Yes. So this is like, is this like a, a new, next Tom Brady? Because like, I, mean, I see a lot of Tom Brady and Joe Burrow. Yeah. I mean, but he he has 
a little better. He's more athletic. Yeah. Which is which is a good thing. Doesn't have honestly as good of a team as Brady did. Yeah. I mean that offensive line for Brady was a lot better. He has more weapons. Oh yeah. Who do you have? I'm going with the Bengals. Cause I believe Joe's gonna give them one of the best talks for the game. And I think they're gonna come together. They're gonna be all hyped up and I think they're gonna pull it off. I really do, because I, I think Stafford's going to fall under the pressure. I think he will, because we've seen him. He don't do well under pressure in these championship games. True. Plus, it doesn't – I mean, for both of these teams, they don't have a lot of playoff experience, no. especially at quarterback. Joe Burrow, his first year in the playoffs. Stafford made the playoffs a few times at the Lions. I mean, this was the first season he's actually won in the playoffs. But I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to go with the Bengals. I believe it will come down to a last-second field goal. I don't think it's going to be a field goal. I do think it'll be a touchdown at least. But if it does come down to a field goal, I wouldn't mind it. I think it'll be a great game. I believe it'll come down to a field goal. You put that ball into on the foot of Evan McPherson, yes. who's just been unbelievable. I mean, he set the record this season for uh, most most makes over 50, which is unbelievable yeah. as a rookie. Well, he's, what, 9 for 9, 10 for 10 now? Yeah. As a rookie? Yeah. And, and playoffs too? That dude's got ice veins. Okay, moving on to the association. The Heat stay first in the East. The Bucks fall to five. They've been struggling. The Nets fall to six after a four-game losing streak. Of course, Durant's out. Kyrie can only play in away games. But honestly, that's a big story for the Nets. They were the two-seed at one point to fall to six. I don't know what they need to do. They need to bolster that bench. But, I mean, Harden right now, I don't think he really wants to be there. He's tired of Kyrie. Kyrie only showing up to play away games. I mean, everybody's saying they're still favored in the Eastern Conference. I don't believe so. I think there's a lot going on with that team. If KD can't stay healthy, I don't trust Harden to lead the team. I mean, it's shown. Four-game losing streak, falling to to 2-6. to And then Kyrie, if he's – when you make the playoffs – and you can only – actually, this is a good thing for the Nets, to be lower in the standings going into the playoffs because that gives you more away games. Yeah. Maybe so, they are doing this on purpose. Maybe this is coincidence? Are they doing this on purpose? Conspiracy theory. I don't think they're doing it on purpose, but they need to do something. I think they're sucking. Of course, the trade deadline's only 10 days away, so we'll see what happens there. Another surprise team, the Raptors have moved up to 8th. And the Hawks, after a terrible start, they made the Eastern Conference Finals last year. Terrible start. They have won seven straight games. They are up to ten. And on the other side, the Wizards, who were actually leading the East a lot early in the year, have lost five straight, and they are out of the playoffs right now in the 11th seed. But all these teams, I see a lot of them going out, making some trades, bolster the bench. Got to do something. The Wizards, could they get rid of Brad Beal? It's his last year under contract. Could we see a Bradley Beal trade? I think we will because I don't think he's happy, though. I don't think he is either. Please come to the Celtics, please. I would love Bradley Beal and the Celtics. You guys don't have enough cap space. Him and Tatum together. Mm -mm. You know, both of them is only. Are you going to trade Jalen Brown? I I would. I would honestly trade Jalen Brown. I would not. Jalen Brown's younger, and in my opinion, he's, he's better. Yeah, but... Give it to Marcus Smart. They'll take him. Give it to him. I mean, I don't think anybody wants Marcus Smart. <laughs> but also for the Wizards, I saw a thing today. I was looking up trade rumors. Spencer Dinwiddie not really fitting in. A lot of the players want him gone. That's surprising for me. I'm a huge Spencer Dinwiddie fan. I loved him when he was in Brooklyn. Then to go 
to Washington in the offseason, signed as a free agent. He's actually been playing really well, but for the some of his teammates to come out and say that they don't want him, that's a kick below the belt. Yeah, that's that's like, dang, do I even want to play for these guys anymore? Yeah. I mean, who's saying it? I don't know. Did not name actual players. It's probably Kuzma. I can see Kuzma doing it. I mean, come on, it's Kuzma. Kuzma's actually had a really good year, though. Yeah, but I can see Kuzma doing that. Yeah. Uh, moving on to the Western Conference, the Sun, the Suns stay hot. They won their tenth straight game against my Spurs last night, which was actually sad for them that it was that they only won by five points because Dejounte, Derek White, and Jakob did not play, and everybody played for the Suns. But props to Chris Paul, who had twenty points and nineteen assists. Dude's been balling. Just won Western Conference Player of the Week. The Jazz fall to the four seed after their fifth straight loss. Donovan Mitchell's hurt. Rudy Gobert's hurt. Quinn Snyder, their head coach, is in health and safety protocols and a big loss, in my opinion. I know he's a meme out there, Joe Ingles, but to be out for the year with a torn ACL, honestly, the best shooter on that team, he's that's going to hurt him. He's the big, he is one of the biggest pieces on that offense. And without him, I don't know who's going to take that spot. Especially with all the injuries they've had. Yeah. The Nuggets, after a slow start, they are up to the five seed after a five-game winning streak. I honestly don't know how Jokic... Jokic right, right now, Jokic is MVP, in my opinion. Dude's just had a hell of a year. He's been he, the most consistent. He has no help. With no. Jamal Murray still out with that torn ACL, MPJ going down, he has literally it's no him. hope. It's just him. Hopefully they make some trades at the deadline. I think they will. Hopefully. Because if not, Jokic can only take himself fall. Yeah, it'll be yet another first or second round exit for him. Yeah. Other news in the NBA last week, ESPN gave their first NBA mock draft. For the upcoming NBA draft, of course, the Magic projected to be the first overall pick with the Pistons second and the Rockets Thunder Kings Spurs, who might not be there now because they've been playing some better basketball, the Pelicans and the Pacers. But for the Magic, ESPN had, in my opinion, the best player coming in to the NBA next year, Chet Holmgren. Your thoughts? I don't think, I think Chet's good, but he's got to get some bulk to him. I mean, I haven't really, I don't really watch college basketball that much. I really don't know much about these guys, to be honest. I I know who Chet is. I know who Paulo is. I know some Jabal. I know Jalen. You know Johnny Davis. I know. I mean, he's from Wisconsin, so I always got to hear about him with you. But I really don't know much about these guys. I know Chet is a very good school. He's a great defender because he's seven foot one. He's a stick though. That could haunt him an NBA level. Or he, or could, he could turn into another KD. Or another Giannis. Yeah. But can shoot. I mean, honestly, if he bulks up like Giannis, I could see him being a better Giannis. A better Giannis because he can actually shoot. I know Giannis has worked on Giannis is my favorite player. He's worked on the shot, but hasn't Still really bad. improved. <laughs> but for the Pistons, projected to take Paulo Bancaro out of Duke. For you, who would you rather have, Chet Holmgren or Paulo Bancaro? I know the Magic, honestly. They don't really need Chet. I mean, like. They can Mo do- Bamba is yeah. on the trade block. I feel like he's going to get traded. The Pistons can use everybody yeah. that they can. I mean, the Pistons have just been terrible over the past few years. I would hate for them to get a big guy, though, because that will limit one of my favorite players coming up. Look at Garza, his minutes. But for you, who would you rather have? I'd rather have Chet only because Paulo has some health concerns. The dude gets – I don't. I think it's like – what's he get? Like cramps all the time? Yes. And he loses a bunch of – 
pounds. He loses like six pounds a game. There's something going on that's not right. He reminds me a lot of another player coming out of Duke, Zion. Yeah. Zion had a lot of injury problems at Duke. I feel like it could be the same way. I know Paulo probably isn't going to go out and put on like 300 pounds. <laughs> Hopefully he doesn't. But, Please don't, Paulo. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, I feel like both these guys are going to be studs at the NBA level. And also the projected third pick to the Rockets, Jabari Smith, has led Auburn to the number one ranking in college basketball, the first time they've ever been ranked number one. Dude's been balling. The Thunder projected to take Jalen Duran, who in my opinion – is the best center. I know Chet. Is he the one that gets like 20 rebounds a game? He, he's been dominant. Is it Memphis he plays for? Yes. Okay, yeah, I know who he is. Jalen's just been playing unbelievable. Jaden Ivey projected to go to the Kings out of Purdue. Purdue's been great this season. They had to – Jaden Ivey just hit the buzzer beater for the win against Ohio State in Sunday's game after they blew a lead to Ohio State. Another guy from the Big Ten to my Spurs, I would love if we got – Got him. I mean, I'd I'd love a lot of these guys. Honestly, everybody above them, I would love to get. But Keegan Murray has been an absolute stud at Iowa. A lot of people counted Iowa out of the Big Ten race, out of the March Madness race. Basically, out of everything. Without Luka Garza, without Joe Camp, yeah. both in the NBA now. But Keegan Murray has stepped up, and he has been playing unbelievable. He was put on the Wooden Award watch today, along with along with Holmgren, along with Bankier, along with Smith. I believe Jalen Duran was on there. Ivy was up there. Kofi was up there. I don't know why Kofi was so high, though. He hasn't played in a lot this season. But he has he has transferred Illinois into a top yeah. 25 team, which is surprising to me. The Pelicans, with the seventh pick, Shaden Sharp. Solid pickup for them if they're able to get him. I don't see the Pelicans. I could see the Pelicans actually moving up yeah. in this because, I mean, they're not – they're not playing that well. I mean, Brandon Ingram can only take them so far, but when you have Zion, who's still hurt, and nobody else on that team's really stepped up. No. And the Pacers, with the eighth pick, project to get one of my favorite players in college basketball. Of course, he plays for my Wisconsin Badgers, Johnny Davis, who, is, in my opinion, should be the Warden Wooden Award winner this season. And I'm not just saying that because I'm biased. I'm not biased. He's a good but player. But he, he has been – he's dropped so many 30-point games. He's really the only reason – Wisconsin's ranked 11th. He's the only reason they're relevant, to be honest. Right yeah. Now. So, we'll talk about more about college basketball later. But first, sticking with the association, all-star starters were announced. I have some problems with some all-star starters. In the East, I don't. Durant named the captain. Of course, he won't play in the all-star game. Out with an injury once again for, what, the third straight year? Yeah. Giannis, Embiid, Trey Young, and DeMar DeRozan. Would you take any of them guys out of the starting lineup? No, I agree with every single one. I'm not a big Giannis fan, but he has been playing great. Uh, Joel, probably one of the best centers in the game right now. Trey Young, he's been leading the Hawks. DeMar DeRozan, probably the best mid-range shooter this year. And he's just been carrying the Bulls. I mean, for for the Eastern Conference, every single one of them starting five are all stars on the team. They're all MVP. Yeah, caliber players. Yes. In the West, LeBron the captain. I don't know if he'll play. I know he's been dealing with some injury problems. Jokic, who's just been unbelievable. <laughs> Curry, Ja, who I was surprised actually got voted yeah. in with. I mean, he missed a lot of time. And my my biggest, biggest problem with this, Andrew Wiggins getting voted as a starter. Andrew Wiggins should not be starting in the All-Star game. He's had a great year. He should be an All-Star. My opinion, he should be an All-Star. 
He should not be a starter. I love Andrew Wiggins. I've loved him since 2014 when he was a rookie. I know you didn't think he was going to be good. I knew he was going to be good. I didn't know when he was going to be good because it took him a long time to actually find a system. And it helped him getting out of Minnesota. Look, that yeah, that's the problem. Minnesota sucks. <laughs> They're terrible. But I do think he is an all-star. Do I think he is a starter? No. I'm sorry, Andrew, but you're not starter caliber. So you're basically telling me that Andrew Wiggins is just as good as Jokic, Steph, Ja, Giannis, Embiid, Young, and DeRozan. I'm sorry, he's not that caliber, but he is a he is an All Star, but yes. not at that caliber right now. Not not to start. I think it's going to be interesting to see the reserves. They come out Thursday. Hopefully, Dejounte gets in. Probably I won't. I don't think he will. It's on a crap team. Sorry, I have to say that, San Antonio. But hey, you got a bright future though, Primo. Hey, we're tanking. We're tanking. Tanking for Chet. <laughs> yeah. When all the when the reserves get announced and they actually draft their teams for the All Star game, I know they changed like three years ago drafting their teams. I love it. Yeah. It makes I mean, it interesting. When you play when you play East versus West, I mean this year I think it'd be a great game because the East and West are basically the like same. on the same level. The East has actually had a lot better teams than the West. But in the years past, the West has just been dominant. They had to change the rules for the All Star game because all-Star game was boring. to. I mean, it's not boring to watch because, I mean, nobody plays defense. But, this is a dunk fest. But, I mean, with their rules, I believe they're also doing the Kobe rule again. Yeah, that's, that was cool. Which is which is great. It actually makes it competitive. Yeah. They actually play defense. It's actually so, for something. It's for charity, right? Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see which, uh, which guys get taken in the All-Star draft. Another big thing that came out last week about the All-Star Game, the Rising Stars Challenge, which is one of my favorite it's a events at All-Star Weekend with all the sophomores and the rookies. But this year, we're going to have 12 NBA sophomores, 12 NBA rookies, and four NBA G League Ignite players. They're going to break them down into four teams. The pool of players will be chosen by the NBA assistant coaches and the pool of Ignite players will, will be chosen by the NBA G League head coaches. When they break them up into the four teams, one Ignite player will be on every team. I like this. It's basically like a, a tournament. in-season tournament. You're going to play. Each team's going to play each other, and then there's going to be a final. I believe it's to – I saw where it was an exact score. I think it's to 50, something like that. I don't have. It's just all I don't have place a, in one day. Yes. So it's going to be like six games in one day. Yeah, basically. So it's going to be a long day of basketball. But it's, but each game, I mean, it's not going to be like a full game. Oh. All the games are to a set score, okay. so that we're not going to go out and play a regular forty-eight minute basketball okay. game, which is good. <clears throat> I I like the ignite players getting brought up. The ignite, of course, the ones that skip the. Skipped the college route, the went straight to yeah. the M- right, right to the NBA, played for the G League. Of course, it's not as good. Their team's not as good as it was last year with Jalen Green, Kaminga, yeah. all of them. Okay, so on this G League Ignite team, Jalen Hardy, who was a, I believe, a five-star recruit coming out of high school, Michael Foster, Marjan Beauchamp, Scott Henderson, Malik Pope. Honestly, a lot of these guys, the four guys that, why is Costa Kufus on it? That dude's like 50 years old, but <laughs> I don't know why he's on there. But for a lot of these guys, I'm going to, the four that I would pick would be Hardy, Foster, Bochamp, and just a great name, 17-year-old Scoot Henderson. Great name. But them are the guys that passed up college, 
go to the uh, NBA G League, probably going to be the four that are on this team. Do you like this setup? It's different, but I do think it's going to bring more players that is going to make it more interesting. There's more games we get to watch. We get to see more different players. You know, we're not seeing just the same ones. We're seeing a bunch of different ones. I think it's going to be a fun thing to watch all the younger guys do it out together and against each other. I agree. I like it. And, of course, with the NBA 75th year, 75th year of the NBA, they're going to have the coaches for all these teams are going to be players on the 75th anniversary team that NBA.com released. And, honestly, I love this. Like you said, more basketball. It's going to allow young players to actually, maybe that don't get enough time with their respected teams. To show out. To show out. And, of course, the Ignite players actually get NBA time. Yeah, get NBA time against NBA players. I mean, that'll be huge for them. That'll be prospecting, kind of. And if they play well, you could see them moving up in the mock drafts. Moving on to NCAA basketball. Skipping MLB this week because nothing... Nothing's changed. MLB, please do something. Rob Manfred, get your head out of your butt and do something. I, I would say a lot more if, if this I is, could. This is kind of PG, okay? Yeah. PG's old team. I would say a lot more. But going on to NCAA basketball, Auburn stays at number one. And some big games this week. Number 11, Wisconsin takes on number 18, Illinois. Wednesday night, Wisconsin has the most wins in the Big Ten, trying to stay on top of the Big Ten standings. Illinois, honestly surprising to me that they're even 18. They started off terrible with Kofi being suspended. Curbelo was out a while with injury. They should both be back, I believe. I know Kofi is. I don't know if Curbelo is. I think he re-injured himself the other day. Hopefully he'll be back. Johnny Davis on Wisconsin. It's going to be a fun game. Other big games. Thursday night we have a Pack. 12 showdown, number three, UCLA, and Johnny Juzang take on number seven, Arizona, one of the surprise teams, in my opinion, Arizona, number seven. And on Saturday, have a huge big 12 matchup. Kansas is going to beat Baylor. Former number one Baylor Bears, they've been struggling as of late, lost two straight games, and got a huge win last Saturday. Going to take on Kansas, who just got routed by Kentucky. So that'll be a good game. To end this show, I know you want to talk about tennis. I'm going to start. Luke List beat out Will Zalatoris at the Farmers Insurance Open at Torrey Pines. I felt so bad for Will Zalatoris, but at the end of the round, when they went into a playoff, I mean, he started putting like I do when I play golf, which is not very good. But uh, for Luke List, this is he. There's nobody else in the PGA that deserves a win. This was his 289th career start. Got his first win. Congratulations to Lucas and Will Zalatoris has a very, very bright. He's future. very young, isn't he? Yes. You told me about him. He's pretty, pretty darn good. Yeah. Finished second at the Masters last year. How old is he? Like eighteen. He's twenty, I believe. Okay. And to move on, I know you want to talk about this. Rafael Nadal beats Medvedev in the Australian Open final. His twenty-first slam. Yeah, I watched this. Um, being in Australia, it didn't come on really live until 3 in the morning. I guess you stayed up and watched it. Me, until I couldn't keep my eyes open. I made about two uh, two sets, and I was like, I was out. So, Nadal, you know, he fell behind Medev. Medev had a, I believe, two-set lead going into the third set. And I'm like, Medev is going to win this. There's no doubt. He's younger, more athletic. But then Nadal, I don't know. 
what what was in his juice. It gave him some energy, and he played well. This was a very fun uh, final. I loved watching it. It was back and forth the whole time. And then, we can't forget this. The Dolls' 21st slam win. This is big. Because if you don't know, he is now by himself in the most slam wins of all time. Still, yet Dogovic and Federer set tied for second with 20. So he is now stands alone with the most. And of course, Novak Djokovic couldn't play. Yes. Do I think he would have won this? Yes, because he has won like five of them. So, But it was a great match. Uh, can't wait to the next Open, honestly. And of course, we're going to end with this. Don't talk about soccer a lot. I'm not a big soccer fan. I know you're not a big soccer fan. But Team USA... USA! USA! Did lose to Canada yesterday. Two to nothing in the World Cup qualifiers. I believe they only need three more points with that loss, though. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough, but I believe this is the best Team USA team that I've seen in a while. I don't pay attention to soccer that much, but, I mean, they I, kn- I know that the men's team really hasn't been that good for a long time. So to actually even qualify for the World Cup would just would be a win for us. And, of course, another big name in soccer, Christian Pulisic, signed with Real Madrid today. Oh, boy. To go overseas next year and play for Real Madrid. He does have a lot of talent, but I don't. I think he's got a little bit of injury bugs. I think he does get injured a little bit. Um, but Pulisic is a very good very good soccer player. I've watched him like one game, and he was pretty darn good. I do think he's going to do something overseas. I really hope he does. But now that he's going to be leaving Team USA, I don't think they're going to do anything. And he'll still play for Team USA. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, it's for the countries. Yeah. Okay. See, I don't know soccer. I don't know the one chance. I tell you, I don't know soccer. I don't know soccer. Okay, so we're going to keep this one short today. We, I know we covered a lot, but thank you for listening. Of course, we're going to set the link in this when it uploads Spotify, Google Podcasts, anywhere that you find this podcast, upload our uh, links to our Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, everything. You can find it. Thank you for listening. We hope that you have a great week.